Welcome to the Ladies of Metal Show, featuring interviews with metal bands, where we keep you up to date with everything surrounding the metal, underground, and alternative community. This is the Ladies of Metal Show. How's it going? I'm Carly Gwen, or you might know me as Gwen Anastasia from the modeling side of things. We're back with some experimental hardcore from California today. I have Phil Penegar, who sings for the Arson Choir on In Just a Sec. Man, this was such a great talk, an important talk, if you will. They have a new EP about to drop on October 2nd on War Against Records. They called it Invisible Monsters to represent all the issues that people have internally or behind closed doors that you might not ever see. So we definitely go into the importance of mental health a little bit too. Plus, the album art influenced the title of the record, which is one of my favorite parts for sure. Oh yeah, and in case you were wondering or needed it, we did talk about Scottie Pippen's lips. So make sure you're following the show on Instagram. Just search The Ladies of Metal Show. All the streaming links are in that bio, plus merch items. And if you like the show, there's a donate button there as well. Much appreciated, guys. All right, here's Phil from the Arson Choir on The Ladies of Metal Show. All right, Phil, here we go. We're just a couple weeks away from Invisible Monsters dropping. Now, where does this fit in the band's discography? So this is going to be EP2 for the Arson Choir. Um, it's going to be my first record with them. I have been in the band going on about two years now. And uh, yeah, really excited for this to drop on uh, War Against Records. And uh, they've been you know, really helpful to you know, making this uh, little pipe dream a reality. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> Awesome. And I did want to ask you about War Against Records because I personally hadn't heard of them before. So I guess, can you tell us about the label and what made you guys be like, yes, this is the crew we want to work with? War Against Records um, is headed by Ryan. He is a member of Pressure Cracks, a um, L.A. hardcore band that has uh, Jason Butler from Let Live on vocals. And uh, we... um, ended up playing a show together at Program Skate Shop, and uh, it was really fun. Um, uh, Jason and I have, you know, been in music circles um, for a little while. I was a big fan of Let Live when that band was in traction, and uh, so we just kind of kept contact over the years, and um, the opportunity came up for us to play a show together. Uh, Ryan got to see us play, and um, he you know, bridge the conversation and about working together and seeing what uh, what goals that we had and what we wanted to reach as a band. And uh, we laid out what we were trying to accomplish and, you know, it's just been a positive uh, working relationship, uh, you know, bringing this to life and, you know, coming from, uh, you know, uh, just a self-sufficient band to, uh, you know, having people that, are you know working to see our goals come to light well it's great to hear it's been a good relationship so far especially coming from kind of like a i don't know like a diy independent situation and now you got people helping you yeah you know uh, it, it's okay to ask for help sometimes it's uh <laughs> nothing wrong with that and uh you 
uh, we still, you know, war against, they, they still maintain the um, DIY mindset, you know. It's, it's just a friend with uh, a letterhead that's helping us to move our dreams along. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been great, and I'm just very excited to see what other things that we can push as time goes on. Yeah, I think that's a really good step for you guys, just going towards even, you know, bigger tours and bigger releases and things like that. It's always good to have help, for sure. Awesome. And, of course, why did you want to call it Invisible Monsters, and are you the one that titled the record? Yes, uh, I'm the one that uh, came up with the title. Uh, One, I'm a big Chuck Palahniuk fan. I've read a lot of his books, so when I was, you know, reaching into the mind bank to pull out an album title that really kind of encompasses the, the feeling that we were going for. That really, uh, it really stood out to me, just um, the idea of, you know, things hiding in sight that, hiding in plain sight that just, you know, ride us throughout the day and just the things that we carry that no one else uh, knows about. It's kind of, it, it stands in contrast to the idea of the book because it was like a, she was a uh, supermodel that wanted to become invisible. But it really brought the idea to life for me. That's awesome. I didn't know if it was like, you know, something internal that you had dealt with, but to hear that it's like inspiration from an author is so cool. I love that. Thank you. And then can you tell us a little bit about the album art? The album art um, really as an idea evolved, uh, I just remember looking at you know some artwork on the internet, and it was um, the man in a diner, and just everything around him. As you look at the picture, is is more sinister the more you stare at it. And I really wanted to expand on that idea. And um, the artist that I was work that we're working with, uh, Roshi. His uh, tag is uh, Dirty Old Roshi on Instagram. Uh, he, um, we worked together on uh, my previous band, Hemorrhage. He um, created the artwork for our Headless EP. And so we had a previous uh, working relationship. And uh, I just uh, came to him with my idea. And he kind of took it from the everyday sinister things around us to the sinister things that no one sees that we carry with us. And so uh, I kind of pitched him the general idea, and uh, he really uh, brought it to life and knocked it out of the park, in my, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely, I would say, an unsettling type of vibe. When I first saw it, I was like, ooh, something creepy's going on here. So I really like it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's and awesome. And I... Wanted it to, I wanted to, I'm glad that it's something that is inviting to the eye, but still when you look at the image itself, you know, you just kind of see, you know, the things that are pulling at this girl, and it's just, like, she's so serene in her expression, you know, facing the things that we go through day to day, but, you know, in her own life, all of these things are, you know, whispering in her ear, pulling at her hair, just, just everything, so I just really think it's a kind of highlights and just kind of sets it to the water of, you know, just kind of the everyday mental struggle that people go through that no one knows about. Right. And that's why it's important 
on like a humanity level to just be kind because you don't know what people are going through and the whole theme of like invisible monsters like I don't know inner demons and problems that people have and yeah I think that fits really well into like the current climate yeah it's something that I feel that everyone can um on some level relate to you know uh, mental health issues are you know kind of thrown into the hardcore metal experience you know how many you know lyrics and album arts or records are just on further insight about the, the pain that we go through just you know existing as human beings so you know in the current climate of life and just you know Therapy being a more uh, approachable topic, you know, people are more willing to, to, to really speak out and, and advocate for mental health issues. It's like, it's okay to acknowledge those things. And uh, to, and it's something that everyone um, deals with. And I wanted to approach it in a way that was maybe a little bit more constructive and maybe self-reflective as opposed to just screaming out into the void yeah i think that was probably a smart move i can think of a couple bands that kind of address mental health which of course it's like a huge issue um kind of coming to light in the recent past but the way that you go about it especially on this record i think is a little more intelligent i don't know if that's the right word but like i think your approach was really well thought out thank you yeah um i feel like it's important to in you know, hardcore punk rock, it's, it's all about the community and being welcoming and, and it should be a welcoming and inviting community. And I feel that sometimes in our expressions, uh, expressions of the things that we go through, a lot of dudes typically, their expressions end up being very, you know, one-sided. And it's okay to acknowledge the things that we go through, but you know, you don't want to paint it in a brush that alienates, you know, women in the hardcore scene. And so I really try to be mindful of, you know, the the language that I use. And, and it's just, I want the record as abrasive as it is to essentially be for everybody. Well, yeah, because there are a lot of, you know, female hardcore fans, and I think especially now in the like the last couple years it's just easier to be respectful of people and it's nice to know that you thought of that when you were writing yeah we should uh, hardcore hardcore for everybody um international superheroes of hardcore um (laughs) they have a song it's like you don't have to like my band to be cool if you like hardcore then we think you rule i'm like that's that's what it's about when you when it boils down to it and it was like it that taking that mind frame and just putting it into every in your everyday work and just the lyrics that you put out into the world that energy should shouldn't be um one that alienates groups that are uh, minority groups and any you know trans groups anything like that and it, it, i want you know the scene you know, moving forward to be, it should be a place that's inclusive for everybody. And, um, 
you know, so you, have, you have to put your money where your mouth is or put your lyrics where your mouth is. I think there's a lot of truth in that. When I think about the hardcore scene and even like the metal scene, it's, it is kind of like a group for weirdos. So I feel like whenever I'm at a show, I'm like, these are, these are my people right here. So yeah, I think it's a community that is like very accepting of like all types of people. Yeah, we should, uh, like cultivating that experience and just extending that, extending the space is, should be, you know, one of the, the tenets of the community. Like I, my introdu- introduction to metal was, was Marilyn Manson in the 90s and it's just like, you you see guy wearing fishnets on stage, like, and, uh, you, you know, was it, um, a crop, not a crop top, but he's just like all how he dresses, and just how do you take that aggression and you just like worship it, and then you turn to other people, uh, gay or trans people, and be like, you're not welcome here. And just like no, every like like Alice Cooper, all of these, all of these uh, musicians that have a foothold in metal and rock and roll have this androgyny to them, and it's like you can't. Or you shouldn't, if, like, worship the ground that these people walk on and then at the same time ostracize this other group of people. It's just like, you know, where is your walk? Where is your walk, walk matching up with your talk? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And especially, you know, hair hair metal bands and glam, glam rock and even, like, you know, David Bowie and things like that. It's like, yeah, dudes can wear makeup and, like, crazy outfits and stuff. And that's what makes it, like, fun. It's, it's so respected in you know in different spheres of music, and it's just extend that courtesy to the actual fans that love the music as well. And it's just like it sh- it shouldn't be that hard of a concept to uh, to grasp. But you know, it's twenty twenty. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I really I respect people that you know push those boundaries and everyone that you know steps into spaces and may have to deal with that uncomfortableness, you know, to be a part of the community. And it's like, I want to make sure that this space is welcome and open to them. I love that so much. And I feel like it kind of leads me to like the first single that I heard off this uh, new EP, Revenge My Love. So I heard this one back in like June, I think you guys released that one. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really good timing. I don't know if you guys planned that, but it just kind of like hit different because everything that was going on in the world back then, like with the Black Lives Matter movement, kind of like really coming out. And I mean, this song is kind of like politically charged. So did you guys like kind of have that in mind or I guess what were you trying to accomplish with this song? So I wrote this song in... 2018, and it's just something that, you know, an issue that has been on my card recently in given years, Um, and so we find ourselves, you know, making the record, and we had the video made, I would say, probably in May, or like, March, and so we had it, and then the Rona dropped, and then we had we had plans to release a, a different single um, as our flagship song so that we wouldn't be perceived 
find ourselves in June and everything's going on and we have the uh, we have revenge the video just sitting and ready and so we talked uh, the band you know we talked and felt that it was appropriate to release the song and, and given that perception you know knowing that you know this song is old for us like this issue for me is something that's been years in the making and it's like now it just happens to be the time that this is all coming to a spearhead and uh you know for black americans like the issue of police brutality isn't something that's new at all you know there are there's a joke in robin hood men and tight from the 90s with dave Chappelle about uh him being beat up by the police and gary Busey is like uh, watching it and he's like that joke is from like 94 <laughs> and like come on so so we released the video and um, the single just knowing that you know this is to, to me it's, it's it's not a political issue it's an issue of the heart like something that you know you grow up in an environment that you grow up in knowing and is that you have to be wary and kind of afraid of how you approach in your dealings with police officers because you just never know how it can go sideways. And I couldn't, in good conscience, uh, not speak on this issue, you know, being who I am as a person. Of course. And I think that, you know, the song being more of like a, song about humanity or like a relationship with humanity instead of being like we're gonna write a politically charged song is really interesting and I think that's kind of what hardcore and punk and like underground music is supposed to be like standing up for something and standing up for the oppressed and standing I don't know it's like kind of the goes to the roots of hardcore so I don't know I thought that was really cool that you guys you know decided to put out a song like that yeah and I mean hardcore and punk rock is grounded in the counterculture and, uh, you know, advocating for those that, you know, are oppressed by, quote-unquote, the man. And even in the beginning of the song, there's um, there's a shout-out to uh, Flint, Michigan, who's like, like, poison the people, hide all the proof, you know, all that stuff is still going on. Like, Flint, Michigan is still dealing with issues with their water and you're thinking about you know, everyone has saying this, you know, America first, all this BS, but, you know, you still have people that are dealing with poison, poisonous water, like, what are we, six years um, into that, to when that became a main, it was brought to the mainstream consciousness, you know, it's, uh, you know, advocating for, for those people as well, and it's just like, I, you know, you see bands that are, you know, politically minded, and um, you don't see them, you know, you want to speak out on issues that, you know, for everybody. I just wanted to make sure that um, those people are given a voice, that someone is still screaming, like, hey, man, like, why are these people not being, you know, extended the American dream six years later dealing with poisonous water? Yeah, it seems like pretty basic, like, uh, you know, when you think about, like, basic human life in 2020, you think that, like, everybody would have clean water. And I think it's, like, kind of sad because even me, like, I kind of forgot about Flint, Michigan, just because there's so many things that keep popping up, like, every day. It's, like, 
you know, we still need to, like, raise money and help them. And, like, there's so many other places around the world, like California right now with the wildfires. Like, there's so many people that, like, need each other's help. And there's new stuff coming up all the time. So it's, like, tough to kind of keep track and, like, be able to help everybody. So it's, like, everybody's in a tough spot, I feel like. Yeah, living in America has become, like, welcome to Jumanji. Yes! (laughs) Oh, man. Like, one of my favorite movies of all time, by the way. (laughs) Like, September, welcome to level nine of Jumanji! Oh, my God. I don't want to be in level nine with, like, uh, you know, poisonous mosquitoes or, like, giant spiders or something. I don't need it. Yeah, like, where's the asteroid that was supposed to hit us? You know, poison bees that shoot smaller bees out of their mouths. I don't know. Nothing surprises me at this point. Dude, I think we need an asteroid to, like, just reset the system. We need to do over. Right. And then the, the asteroid, of course, is going to have Michael Jordan's dad meme face on it. As oh, it my God. <laughs> Yo, what happened to him? Real talk. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, my God. That was uh, The Last Dance was one of my quarantine, like, binge shows. So now I feel like I know everything about Michael Jordan. Which I'm cool with, because I feel like before I only knew about Michael Jordan from, like, Space Jam, but now I know everything, and I know how cool Scottie Pippen is. Right? He's like, oh, you gotta peel back the layers of that onion. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, amazing. Also, just side note, Scottie Pippen's lips look like what every girl wants. <laughs> every time he smiles, it's like... Look at look upon the face of beauty. It's you know, yeah. Man, uh, it's not fair. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, beauty is a uh, is a uh, lottery shoot. Got it. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I could talk about Jumanji and Scottie Pippen all day, uh, but <laughs> I guess since this year has been super crazy slash terrible slash unpredictable, what's something you want to accomplish in like 2021? Hopefully. So. Probably, so we're working on, we have songs in the, in the pipeline that we're working on right now, and, you know, getting those out, just, every time we craft another batch of songs, you know, we're trying to push the envelope and, you know, hone the craft and get better at what we do, and having, releasing Invisible Monsters, um, and having that finally get brought to light after a little bit of uh, a rocky um, start as far as the you know the making of the record and things coming together um, it has been one of the my mental saving grace of uh, 2020 just everything's on fire but it's like hey my record's coming out this year Woo-hoo! hell yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so the 2021 just uh, shows to come back I can't wait to get back on stage and um, play the record, do <laughs> record release show that's not being streamed and play uh, new songs that we've been working on um, in this uh, Rona life and uh, just being able to get to some sort of normalcy, but then at the same time, there needs, you know, change, progress needs to happen. So that's some of the things I'm looking forward to. So, um, you know, new songs, you know, getting back to the stage, playing in different states, touring, 
uh, that would be great. So, um, Arch and Choir uh, 2021, hopefully, is uh, where we get uh, back on the ground. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to that. Well, I'm looking forward to that, too, because I've never seen you guys live yet. So, if you are planning your tour schedule, make sure that Philly is on there. Oh, Philly is definitely on my list of places that I want to play. The East Coast is uh, definitely, um, we've talked about that just, um, and, you know, and been, uh, been chatting and whatnot. So, when touring comes back, into the equation of Parks and Choir is definitely heading to the East Coast. Cool. All right. I'm really excited to hear that. And I guess uh, before I wrap up here, do you want to shout out your social media and where we can keep up with the band? Of course. Um, Parks and Choir is on Instagram. We are also on Facebook. We have a Spotify and a band camp. The Arts and Choir is where you can find us. Um, Invisible Monsters out October 2nd, um, War Against Records, you know, shout out to uh, War Against, shout out to Presser Cracks, Ursula, Takers Leavers, you know, the bands that um, are with us as we uh, plug through this uh, 2020 madness, and, uh, you know, thank you for having me. Of course, it was a blast talking to you, and again, congrats on the new record, Invisible Monsters, and... I'm not going to lie, I have it, and I was, like, bumping it on repeat. I was on, like, a little bit of a road trip a couple days ago. I was like, y'all, this record slaps. So, yeah, it's awesome. So, thanks again, Phil. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you love the record. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So excited. I'm, like, just, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be, like, my fall slash winter vibes this year. So, it's going to be great. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. You just heard another episode of the Ladies of Metal Show. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss an episode. This is the Ladies of Metal Show.